Good morning, everyone. Again, I'm uh, glad and grateful that you're here, that uh, you made it safely. Anyway, I do appreciate that you're here, and God richly bless you. I've entitled the message today, Life Alert. I've fallen and I can't get up. Would you pray with me? Father, I do thank you so much for your love and your mercy and your grace. No matter where we've been or where we are, we still have the future in front of us. We still can make choices and decisions to allow you to fill us with your purposes so that we can make a dramatic impact and difference in our world. Lord, I thank you for the gifts, talents, and abilities of everyone that's in here right now. I pray that you would bless them and encourage them. They would know that you have a strategic plan and purpose for their life. They would yield to that and that they and we would be world changers. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for being our rescuer. And thank you for being our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever heard of Life Alert? It's a device and a service used by people to seek help when they find themselves in a difficult situation. How many of you in here watch TV ever? How many of you are lying? <laughs> Meaning you didn't raise your hand. If you watch TV, almost uh, inevitably you will see the commercial for Life Alert. It's a little device that if someone falls, they push it, and it alerts the authorities uh, that they need some help. I think it's an incredibly great uh, invention and, and service to maybe people as they get older and they're a little bit concerned about their condition. It just brings them a sense of peace and safety. They could push that button and somebody will be alerted. When the device is activated, a rapid response service is initiated. You know, without outside help and assistance in certain situations, you can find yourself in grave danger. Actually, I did the funeral of a lady about a year ago, and I had known her for a number of years, and about three years previous to that, she lived by herself, and she fell, and she had to lay in that position because she was semi-crippled anyway. She had to lay in that position for like four or five hours until somebody found, and that made her condition all the worse. If she would have life alert, she could have pushed that, and then a rapid response would have taken place. When we as human beings activate our life alert, God's rapid response service is initiated and He comes to our rescue. What a tremendous blessing to know that any time, day or night, when we find ourselves in a challenge or a difficulty or a failure or we've fallen or we're in danger, we can push our life alert, if you will, and God instantly begins to move in our direction. He is our rescuer and He is our redeemer. I'm going to invite you this morning to open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. And many of you know we have just started, I think this is the third message. We are going to take a six-month look, investigation of the book of Ephesians. And I want to encourage you. Uh, to get in Ephesians, read it, uh, get some ideas, some understanding that will add to our time together. And what we call this is Foundations of Faith. 
And if you haven't been here in the last couple of messages where I laid a little foundation, I want to invite you to uh, go out to the connections table and sign your name and, and get uh, a CD of some of the previous weeks. Or you can go online to our website, connectionsfcco.org, or you go on iTunes if you're into that, and you can listen to those messages. But today, I want to talk about life alert. I've fallen and I can't get up. In Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 7 through 14 today. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, which He made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which things are on earth in Him. Verse 11, In Him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be the praise of His glory. Verse 13, In Him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. Today, when you leave here, I hope you've got one word and one concept that has filled your heart and your mind. It's the word redemption. Redemption. When you leave here, I hope redemption is at the forefront of your thought. I hope redemption is clothing you. I hope redemption fills your heart and your mind. Because it's kind of a big, lofty word. It's a theological word. And what I say sometimes is, If you're a Christian, you've received it, but a lot of people don't know what it is, and they don't know how to utilize it or how to benefit from it. It's kind of like if I give you a gift and you say, thank you, but you never open it up and use it, is you're grateful that you've received it, but you don't even know what it is. You don't even know how to use it. It's really not adding to your life because you don't know what it is. And I found over the years in ministry, unless somebody's been to Bible college or or a seminary or they've been through some type of teaching, they really don't know what redemption is. They have received it as a Christian, but they don't benefit from it. And Paul so early in his letter and his epistle wants us to understand the one word called redemption. And so I hope, again, my prayer is when you leave here, you'll have a greater understanding and deeper understanding of redemption, and appreciate what redemption is. Again, I know it's a big theological term, but it's extremely practical. I love that about theology is we can keep it in the kind of the the lofty areas and the preachers can stand up here and preach it and make it sound like they're, they're really holier than thou and know all these things, but that doesn't impress me. What I want to be able to do is take theology and let it make a practical difference in my everyday. So redemption is something that you can uh, understand and appreciate and grow with. 
And I've come up with six R's. I know that surprises most of you. (laughs) Six R's in regard to redemption that hopefully you'll be able to remember that I see in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 through 14. First of all, it's the relationship of redemption. The relationship of redemption. Please notice the phrase in verse 7, in Him. In Him. If you begin to review the context in which this is used, in Him clearly indicates it's the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Him. Real, supernatural, spiritual redemption is found in no one else and no other place. Redemption can only, true redemption can only be found in the person of Jesus Christ. You can't earn redemption. You can't buy redemption. You can't give redemption to your parents or to your kids or to a close friend. You have to have a relationship with redemption to appreciate redemption. The only way to acquire redemption is through an authentic, genuine, viable relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. If you want to be redeemed from sin, from darkness, from despair, from depravity, from failure, from eternal judgment, you must find it in the person of Jesus Christ. I've been in ministry quite a long time, and and uh, I guess what I would like to say, hopefully it's not judgmental, could be, but hopefully it's not, I hope it's an appraisal, But there are people that attend church all over this great land, all different kinds of denominations, who have a relationship with religion. They have a relationship with orthodoxy. They have a relationship with doctrine. They have a relationship with theology. They have a relationship with the church. But what they fail to have is a relationship with the Redeemer. And somehow they believe because they grew up in church or they raised their kids in church or they tithe or they go to church, somehow they will be redeemed. The Bible makes it extremely clear. The only place you can find real redemption is in the person of Jesus Christ. It's found no other place and in no other person. That's why it's so important that you don't just go to a church Or understand theology or doctrine. Because those things will never redeem you. Only one person. You need to have a right relationship with redemption. Number two, the reality of redemption. You see it there in verse 7. In Him we have redemption. If you're a Christian, that's past tense. When you gave your life to Christ, you have redemption. So in Him, we have redemption. So what is redemption? The Greek word in the New Testament was written in Greek, a little bit Aramaic, but basically Greek. There are two words that make up the word redemption. And the first word means to cease, to come to an end, to separate from, to put off or to put away. And the second word that it means is to break, to destroy, or to ruin. 
So when you add those two words together, the Greek word for redemption is this. It means to free a person from that which can ruin and destroy them. That's what redemption is. So the reality is, what's trying to ruin us? What's trying to destroy us? The Bible makes it really clear. It really fits down into two categories or two camps. The first thing that's trying to ruin you or to destroy you is your own fallen human nature. Your propensity to sin. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it says, uh, and, and James says these things, uh, the, it's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. What the Bible says is one of your greatest enemies that's trying to uh, ruin you and destroy you that re- redemption can counteract is what they call the flesh or your carnal nature. So if you ever hear me talk about the flesh or the carnal nature, that means that old part of you that wants you to live your own life in pride and pleasure and according to your own rules. That's one of the things that's trying to ruin and destroy us. The other is a dark, demonic, spiritual world. Again, here in the West, I say this often, we we really don't want to believe in or we don't believe in the demonic power. It's just sophisticated here in the West. But it's here. We're all struggling with it in different ways. Again, I say if you go to other parts of the country, especially third world countries, especially Africa and India, some of these other places that I've been, it's very apparent. But the point being is there is a dark world that's trying to ruin and destroy God's plan and purpose in your life. It's your flesh, and it's this dark world, and it's come to destroy and ruin God's purpose in you. And what redemption does is it separates you from that. It it casts you away from that. It breaks that power, gives you the ability to say no to your carnal nature, no to the temptations, no to the lust, no to the rebellion, no to the disobedience, which is stirred by a dark power influencing your flesh. Your carnal nature, your humanity. Isn't that wonderful? How many of you have ever struggled with your flesh, your carnal nature, with temptations, with pride, with lust? And when I say lust, and I'm going to clarify that because whenever you say lust, people are like, oh, you're always talking about sexual. Lust is any craving or desire for something that's not of God and that's unhealthy. So, well, I don't lust. Oh, well, maybe not in that arena, but all of us struggle with some type of uh, desire that we shouldn't have to fulfill our own way of life. So the reality is redemption is found in the person of Jesus Christ to be rescued from those things that are trying to destroy us and ruin us are found in him. That's why it's such an important word and such an important reality. The third thing is the remedy of redemption. The remedy of redemption. See? God's saying, listen. This guy's got it. I I certainly wouldn't, I really wouldn't point out whose phone that was, Linda, but. um, 
Oh, did I say that? It's the light is life alert. I've fallen because Jeff was preaching and I can't get up. I just have a way about my preaching. It just knocks people over. Where were we? I'm glad it was right between point two and three. Perfect timing. The remedy of redemption. Notice when Paul says, what, this is in him, the relationship, we have redemption, what, through his blood. That's the remedy of redemption. There's only one avenue, one pathway, one remedy that produces redemption. And it's the shed blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross. The purpose of the cross, the purpose of the death of Christ was to shed His own perfect, spotless, sinless blood that you and I and all of humanity could experience redemption. There is no redemption if He doesn't die. And we don't have time to unpack all of that, but that's why we should be so appreciative of the cross One of the greatest celebrations in all of Christendom for me is not just Easter, but it's Good Friday. I love Good Friday. I'm appreciative of Good Friday. I want to be with the people of God on Good Friday. But Good Friday, I know the end of the story. That's the place that He shed His own blood to redeem me, to break the power of my own human nature, to break the power of the enemy so I can live a free life. Redemption is an incredible, beautiful thing, but it cost Jesus everything. It cost God the Father, His own Son, watching Him suffer. There, that's why religion can't save you. Religion can't redeem you. Only the blood of God's holy, perfect Son can redeem you. The blood sounds kind of a crazy thing to think about. And yet, my friend, if you're going to truly understand the reality and the power of redemption, you have to understand His blood. That's why I love communion. That's why I went to serve communion to David Dumlow yesterday, even while he's on this side, because the cup represents His blood. Every time I partake of the waver and I drink of the juice, I feel like it's an inner washing. It's a clothing of that redemption that I remember I don't have to sin. I don't have to yield to those things. I don't have to let the power of darkness and despair in the enemy rule my life anymore because in Him I have redemption through His blood. Period. It's not found anywhere else. Again, it's not found in orthodoxy. It's not found in church attendance. It's not found in tithing. It's not found in witnessing. It's not found in a church. Through His blood. That's the remedy of redemption. How about the reward of redemption? Do you see it there? In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. You want to know what the reward of redemption is? The forgiveness of your sins. The one thing I love so much and appreciate about God is that He offers spiritual rewards when we're willing to follow and obey. 
Can I say that again? God is willing to give rich spiritual rewards to those of us when we're willing to follow and we're willing to obey. The reward of redemption is the powerful and perfect forgiveness of all of our sins. How many of you in here have sinned at least once in your lifetime? Okay, how many of you have sinned at least twice? Whoa. Gosh, I'm learning a lot about you guys. How many of you have sinned at least ten times in your lifetime? Guys, how many of you have spent a lifetime sinning? (laughs) All right, we're all in good company. How are you going to pay for your sins? How are you going to do it? You know what? There will be a reckoning. There will be a day when the Bible says that everything that you've done, good or bad in the body, the book will be open. And on the left side of the page are the things that you did wrong and sins you committed. On the right are all the good things. How are you going to pay for all of those sins and mistakes? You can't. Pay for them. You don't have enough ability. You don't have enough skill. There's not enough on the ledger on the right to counteract what's on the left. The reality is all of those sins need to be taken care of. All of those sins need to be paid. All of those sins have a judgment. And you can't pay it. You can't go to church enough. You can't read your Bible enough. You can't give enough. It will only be through redemption. In Him, we have redemption. Through His blood, the forgiveness of our sins. How great is that? That every sin that you have committed in the past, every sin that you fall prey to right now, and every sin that you will choose to get involved with by your own weakness in the future will be taken care of because of redemption. Our Redeemer lives. Isn't that good news? Now, that doesn't give any of us license, but we said we're saints. We don't have to sin anymore, but we will sin. We're on a fallen planet in enemy territory. There will be things that come in and upon our lives where we'll make just really bad choices. But there has to be a payment for that. And redemption says, I'm going to clean that whole slate. Can you, can you even fathom that? How incredible is that? How wonderful is that? How awesome is that? That's why the word redemption is so vitally important. Because you learn about the reward of redemption. How about the fifth one? The the riches of redemption. The riches of redemption. You see that there? In Him, verse 7, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our sins. Listen now. According to the riches of His grace. According to the riches of His grace. How many of you are rich? <laughs> Everybody's trying, oh, the preacher set me up again. 
I'm thinking about my pocketbook and my possessions, and he's trying to get spiritual on me. How many of you are rich? I think it's uh, really important that uh, we change the way we think. See, we're so dominated and we're so influenced by what? The here and now? Our world? Western civilization? But sometimes we don't understand as a Christian, we're extremely rich. Because when I ask if you're rich, if, if you're a natural human being, a natural American, you're thinking about your pocketbook. You're thinking about your 401k. You're thinking about your possessions. And that's such a shallow view of richness. The Bible says that if you're redeemed, you have absolutely immediate, all-time access to His grace. It's like if you had the bank account number to God. And He said you could take a withdrawal anytime you want, anytime you like. Now, I don't know about you, but you couldn't be any more rich. If I can use God's bank account and take a withdrawal whenever I want, whenever I need of His grace, I am extremely rich. My friends, if you're a Christian, you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You've had your sins forgiven. You now have immediate, all the time, 100%, 24-7 access to His grace. That makes you the wealthiest person on planet Earth. So if I ever ask you again, are you rich? If you're a Christian, you've been redeemed. You raise your hand up and say, absolutely. I am rich because I can tap into His grace whenever I need it. Isn't that a great thing? The riches of redemption is His grace. And let's look at the last one today. And DJ, you can get ready to come on back. The result of redemption. The result of redemption. It's not really, you've seen, I've concentrated in verse 7. But I want you to flip over or look ahead to verse 11. It says, In Him also we have obtained an inheritance. Not have we only received all these other things, But the result of redemption is we have an inheritance. Has anybody in here ever received any kind of inheritance? It might have been money or property or land, whatever, when maybe a loved one or parents have passed away, they leave you an inheritance. What an an inheritance is, is that you receive something that wasn't yours because they willed it to you. Well, when Jesus died on the cross, he had a will that he had made for all humanity and everybody that would come after him, that would receive him, he gave them an inheritance. So what is that inheritance? If you look down through those following verses and throughout Scripture, it means that when you die, you get to go to paradise. You get to go to heaven. You get to experience things that will blow your mind. You'll get to be one with your Creator. No separation, no distance. 
How many of you, and you don't have to raise your hand, how many of you have any unanswered questions on this side? I have a whole lot and my list continues to grow. I just go, God, I do not get it. I do not understand it. What in the world are you doing? Why won't you answer that prayer? Why did that happen to me? Why did that happen to my wife or my kids? Why is that going on in the church? What's going on in America? Why is that happening? Why was there that tremendous and terrible earthquake in Ecuador? Or in Japan? My list of unanswered questions is is endless. But you know, because of redemption, that day when I get to heaven, when I get to paradise, I won't have any unanswered questions. They will all be answered in the twinkling of an eye in a moment. We're going to a place that is beyond description. Can you think of the most beautiful Majestic, wonderful place you've ever been or ever seen. Gosh, I can think about St. Thomas. I love the Caribbean. I can think about when we drove through Switzerland and, and how beautiful Austria and southern Germany is. And I've seen pictures of some of the Alps and, and some of the uh, magnificent things. I got to go to uh, uh, Victoria Falls, the second largest a waterfall in all the world that borders Zambia and Zimbabwe, and it's just breathtaking. Now you take that image and you multiply it by a thousand times a thousand times a thousand. And you're still probably not able to describe how incredible and awesome and wonderful and beautiful heaven will be. And I've been talking with David about that recently. He's, He's... He's days away from uh, exiting this broken, bruised, depraved world. And in the twinkling of an eye, He'll leave here and He'll be there. My friends, that's the result of redemption. You're going to get to go there. You need not fear death. You need not fear leaving this world to grab a better life. Will there be no more heartache, no more stress, no more loss, no more sickness, no more tears? Oh my goodness, is redemption a beautiful thing? Redemption is a wonderful thing. And Paul wants to say to the the new believers in, in Ephesus, do you understand redemption? The relationship of redemption, the reality of redemption, the remedy of redemption, the reward of redemption, the riches of redemption, and the results of redemption. I declare to you today, according to the Bible, if you have asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart to be Lord and personal Savior, you have been Redeemed. Is that good news? Let's tell the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand on our feet and let's sing our closing song today. All right. So last week we did a a closing song that was stuck in my head for several days. And then Jeff sends me a text message. He's like, this song is stuck in my head. And the more I got to thinking about it, I was like, you know, that's kind of what we need today. We need a song that's going to stick in our head. It's just not going to leave.
So I think the best way to do that is with participation. And so I'm going to ask you to do more than just sing today. I, I, I don't have a rhythm section today, so you guys are going to be right in my rhythm section. I'm only going to ask you to do the snare drum part, okay? So it's just on beats two and four. That's all you have to do. Ready? All right. Here we go. Just clap with me. Getting it? Yeah. All right, keep that going. Sounded pretty good. I know he's rescued my soul. His blood is covered my sins. I believe. I believe. My shame is taken away. My pain is healed in His name. I believe. I believe. I'll raise the banner. My Lord has covered the grave, my Redeemer lives, my Redeemer lives, my Redeemer lives, my Redeemer lives. Keep going. I know He's rescued my soul. His blood has covered my sins. I believe. I believe. My shame is taken away. My pain is healed in His name. I believe. I believe. I'll raise the banner. My Lord has conquered the grave, my Redeemer lives, my Redeemer lives, my Redeemer lives, my Redeemer lives. lives. Let's give you a break here. My Redeemer lives, 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 my Redeemer What's the one word I hope you'd leave with? Redemption. Your Redeemer lives. Go in His grace. Go in His power. Go in His love. And enjoy the fruit and benefits of being redeemed. God bless you. Have a great day. Have a great week.